Welcome to the Sunday morning service at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia, where the Bible is opened and explained. Christians are encouraged and Christ is lifted up. Thank you for joining us and may your hearts be blessed as God's word is taught. And now, enjoy this message from Pastor Lauren Regeer. I've entitled today's sermon, Mother Dear, We Owe You. And let's read the verses so familiar found here in Proverbs chapter 31, beginning with verse 10. And as you're looking there, another quick uh, reminder of how much we owe mom. Someone has written these words. uh, Charles Swindoll wrote these words. As I walk through my museum of memories, mom, I owe you for your time day and night. This text will remind us of this. I owe you for your example, consistent, dependable. I owe you for your support, stimulating and challenging. I owe you for your humor, sparky and quick. I owe you for your counsel, wise and quiet. I owe you for your humility, genuine and gracious. I owe you for your your hospitality, smiling and warm. I love you for your insight, keen and honest. I owe you for your flexibility, patient and joyful. I owe you for your sacrifices, numerous and quickly forgotten. I owe you for your faith, solid and sure. I owe you for your hope, ceaseless and indestructible. I owe you for your love, devoted and deep. Here this man speaks to us by inspiration in Proverbs chapter 31. In fact, the, the chapter begins, the words of King Lemuel. That may be code for Samuel. We don't really know who this fellow is. But he says this, this is the prophecy that his mother taught him. And so it becomes for many preachers a text, and it's a worthy reminder the day upon uh, in which we are. Verse 10 says, who can find, great question, a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good, not evil, all the days of her life. She seeks wool, flax, worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She brings the food from afar. She rises whilst yet night and giveth meat to the household, to her household, and portion to her maidens, the servants of her house. She considereth a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth up her loins with strength, strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Uh, She stretcheth forth her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh coverings of uh, tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is even known in the gates. When he sitteth among the elders of the land... She maketh fine linen, selleth it. She delivereth girdles or belts unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done Virtuously, but thou, thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. The sixth precedent 
of the United States, John Quincy Adams, said this, All that I am, I know that my mother made of me. Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Joe Biden said, I just want my mama. No, I didn't, I didn't say that, did I? A mom was called away to care for her a mother who was taken in for emergency surgery. After three days, she wondered if she was missed back home. She looked at a text from her youngest son. It said this, Mom, ever since you went away, this is the loneliest and biggest house I ever saw. Here we are looking at Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs 31, a familiar text. It's really written by a man who, as I mentioned, is unknown. We don't really know who King Lemuel, many suspect it's Solomon himself, who has written this. He wrote most of the book of Proverbs. It is under this category in the Bible of really wisdom literature. And we see a lot of couplets, a lot of Proverbs here, general principles about wisdom. He's speaking to his, King Solomon is speaking to his sons. He's telling them this is the way to live these are the poor examples to avoid. These are the good examples to follow. And really, he spends a lot of time in this book extolling the virtues of godly womanhood and godly fatherhood. And here he ends this book with this wonderful reminder, this portrait of a godly woman. And so we are wise to spend some time looking at the characteristics of a godly mother. So whether you're looking for a wife or, uh, or already are married, or you have a mom today, here is a great uh, list, a catalog of wonderful virtues. The high price of motherhood. Mother dear, we owe you. We see that in verses 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? Solomon, surrounded by women, writes these words, we would think, or this man called King Lemuel, for her price is what? Far above the most expensive jewel known to man. Often, a young man is blinded by someone's personality, their charms, their smile, their figure, their laugh. But here the writer wants us to know there is a quality that is more rare than the most precious of all jewels. And we read in verse 10, who can find, the word is, a virtuous woman. What do you reckon that word means? We don't hear that very often. Uh, virtue. We, we hear it once in a while, but who can find a virtuous woman? Not a common word in our talk today, but it's a quality most often displayed by our mothers. Originally, it meant this in the Hebrew and in the Greek. It means a woman of moral excellence. A woman of moral excellence. So mom, today we owe you a debt of praise and gratitude for your spirit of moral excellence. Not just excellence, but moral excellence. What do you reckon that means? Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, you can stay where you are in the text, but let me read this. It uses the same word. It says, according as his divine, God's divine power hath granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who hath called us into his own, here's the Greek, doxa and aratain, his glory and virtue. In other words, these are sister graces. The closer we get to God, the more glorious is our life and lifestyle and the more excellent 
it is. The more morally pure and identified with the very character of God. And he is saying, who can find such a person? Thank God for those who are morally excellent in our number. Her price is far above rubies. It's indescribable, so expensive and rare, a quality of life that reflects God's glory. And God's glory is never devoid of of our attain, of simply glorious virtue, produces excellence of spirit. The closer we come to God, the closer we understand that we have this virtue in our lives. Mom, you are one in a million. We owe you for the many, many ways that you express moral excellence. Not only do you produce in us a growing desire to be the best that we can be. By the way, has your mom ever looked at your report card? Think back now. I guess they still have report cards. And said, son, you... I'm taking sons. Well, probably girls too got it once in a while. But you can do what? <laughs> Better than this. Yes, mom. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to do my best. You could do better in math, English, science. Well, name them. Just about all of them I could have done better in if I would applied myself. Mom knew it. And I would tell my mom, no, mom, I think I'm pretty much tapped out. That's as good as... She said, no, you, you are going to do better than this. Do more excellent work than this. Not just because uh, of, of who you are in terms of being a regeer, but I want you to do better because of whose you are in Jesus Christ. Son, do better than that. Or son, have you ever heard this? Or daughter, lose that friend. <laughs> you could do better than that. Change your friends. Lose that attitude. Mom ever corrected you that way by looking you in the eye and saying, all right, son, that's, that's enough of that. Change your attitude. That's the moral excellence that comes with a life of virtue. You live close to God, you reflect His glory, and your character is virtuous. Who can find that type of, of woman? And most often this is displayed in the attitude that we see at home in our mothers. Quit talking like that. Stop that. Don't use that word in our house. That's mom's virtue. I can still remember. I can still remember the taste of soap. That's the taste of virtue. My mother was the first one to, and the only one that washed my mouth out with soap as a grade schooler. I came home with a new word and she didn't like it. And she, ran to the, she ran to the bathroom and picked up a big bar of soap. I said, Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> she said, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. I said, really? She did. And I didn't use that word again. Moral excellence. Your mother doesn't love to live in the shadowlands, the lowlands of mediocrity, the let's get by with this, cut corners, waste time, settle for, no. The Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman? Thank God for your mother's moral excellence. So that's number one. Number two, we ought to thank God for, of course, her consistent goodness. Her consistent goodness. Mom didn't take vacations on goodness and righteousness. 
The heart of her husband, verse 11, doth safely trust in her so that he should have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all, all the days of her life. Not part of the days, not sometimes, not just in the mornings, but it is usually typical of a mom to always be thinking the good of others all the time, placing others in their interest and best pursuits even before her own. So we thank God. We owe you, Mom, for your consistent goodness. Marriages rest from the fear of adultery, from worry about foolish spending because of the consistent heart you have to protect the budget, to protect the marriage, to protect the family. That is why today we owe you for your consistency, your lifelong pursuit of what is good. She will do him good, verse 12, not evil, all the days of her life. Some children were playing in a park, and two moms were sitting on the park bench watching them play, and one mother said to the other, she said, I would give my life, I would give my life to have a couple of kids like yours. There was a moment of silence, and the mother responded by saying, ma'am, that's exactly what it takes. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. I grew up in such a home where my mother's character was consistent. We thank you, moms, for your consistent goodness. Robin, I find you to be a consistent wife, good, kind, 24-7, all the time. Thank you for that. What a treasure. Because men, boys and girls, who have moms, and that's, that's all of us. What a treasure it is to know that when we could have been uh, characterized with uglier words, our moms chose rather to build us. She works willingly is the third thing. Thank you for your outstanding work ethic. We owe you for your example of industry and energy in our homes. In fact, you could look at verse 13 all the way through there, right? Uh, all the way through verse 25, actually. And it really uh, compounds the idea that mom is a worker, not a shirker. She's a worker. She works willingly, outstanding. In our text this, before us this morning, we see a lot about her energy. Verse 13, she seeks wool, flax, and worketh, will, worketh willingly with her hands. With the exception, perhaps, of one verse, verse 23, and this portion of verses through 25, it's all about how hard she works to provide, to be a blessing to the home. She rises. She's like the merchant ships. She goes far and abroad looking for food and, and, and to provide for her family. She rises whilst yet night gives meat or food to her household and a portion to her maidens. She buys fields and so forth all the way through. It's about how hard she works for her family. She works willingly. She looks for good deals. She's up before dawn cooking eggs, bacon, coffee, sides of toast, and uh, enough for those that she employs, perhaps within the 
structure of the family, her maidens. Verse 16, she's enterprising in business. And even this is an amazing woman we're seeing in Proverbs 31. And even from the profit of what she makes, the transactions, she's able to plant a vineyard, even plan a business, start a business, run a business. Verse 17 is interesting. It says she's well-dressed, dressed with vigor, strength, and honor. I don't know if that means she goes to the gym or not, but certainly she's energetic and keeps herself busy in the family affairs. Verse 18, she's not sloppy in business and tends uh, to her shop. The lights are always on. She's, oh, have you noticed that moms are always available? I remember at nighttime often when the baby would cry, mom would be, her feet would be the first to hit the floor and take care of the kids. At all times, she has an innate, God has given a mom an innate ability to care for others. Uh, verse 19, she knows how to sew and mend clothes. Now, wait a minute. This is where some of you say, I'm tracking pretty good with you, Pastor, until we got here. And I don't know if I can qualify because I'm not that great at doing the sewing thing, the knitting thing. You mean, Pastor, we have to, have to sew clothes in order to be a virtuous wife? I don't think that that's the I don't know that you have to do everything exactly like this woman. This is just a portrait of someone. Uh, we, I know that we uh, got a sewing machine. And I'm going to look this way when I talk about this. Um, we got a sewing machine. when We, I say we, Robin got a sewing machine for when we got married. I thought somebody thought that was a thing a, a woman needed, but I'm, I'm willing to sell it to you. It's got very low mileage. Robin does take care of our clothes very well. I'll say, I don't know how to get out of this that I've got myself into. Maybe verse 23, the reason the husband is at the gates is because he's not welcome at the house. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think you have to sew to be a great mom. But I do believe that there's this sense in which this woman is caring for, busy, taking care, not slouchy, very uh, concerned about her household in every regard, in every aspect. She's enterprising and energetic. God isn't slouchy. God isn't uh, mediocre in the way he does things. And this woman really reflects godliness. And the point of this whole message isn't just about mom. It's about her reflection of the virtue and glory that comes. It's a reflected glory that comes from her relationship to Christ himself. So I would have in our home a mom that wouldn't let me put my elbows on the table when I was eating and use proper manners and entreaties and courtesies. My mom cared about that. She wouldn't let us get away with half-hearted stuff. Don't eat with your fingers. Straighten your collar. Don't slurp your soup. Look at me when I'm talking to you. That was my mom. And she was reflecting the very heart of God for her children. She cared about every element and aspect of the home. And she believed that her children were her greatest outside of her relationship with God and her husband. Her children mattered. And her goal in life, mom's her goal in life, was to see that the kids one day would not so much follow her, 
but follow Christ. She took our hands and placed them in the hand of God. She was the first one that discipled me. And I saw in my mother a reflection in the way she worked, the way she loved, the way she cared. I realized that God was real. I didn't have to go to church when I was young. I did. She took me to church. But I knew that her relationship with God was real. I stand in the pulpit today because of the songs of my mother in the kitchen. Who wants to serve a God that doesn't put a song in your heart? Who wants to serve a God that doesn't put a spring in your step? Moms, make sure it's real in your heart. As you do the duties of motherhood, which are endless, it is the love of God that infuses in that walk a certain joyfulness. And we could see it here. She's energetic. There's industry. In her. She's out there doing things because not only does she love her children and love her husband, she loves God with all of her heart. Your moral excellence, your consistent goodness, your outstanding work ethic we give you thanks for that. Another point here, we give you thanks for your uh, honorable reputation. Your honorable reputation. We see that she is dressed with honor. Her clothing uh, is honorable. And she is known, verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in the time to come. She is by her reputation, by her reputation, she's known as a person who is surrounded by good, godly pursuits and lifestyle. It's not just that her clothing is scarlet and these more expensive fabrics, because who can afford always to be dressed in the best? My mother, missionary home, uh, we had hand-me-downs upon hand-me-downs, right? Patches on patches, but... We knew that mom was concerned that we reflected, with what little money we had, reflected the grace of God and the honor of God. And we were supposed to look right when we went to church especially, right? And so she would have us put our, our little shoes out on Saturday night and she made sure that they were, that she didn't polish them, but she made sure we polished them for church on Sunday and had our little tithe money set aside so we're ready to go. We didn't stumble around much on Sunday morning because mom started preparing Saturday night to get us in the mood for church, knowing that that's where we're going on Sunday morning. It's a big day in our house. And her clothing, was, her clothing truly reflected the honor and the reputation of God. And then we are thankful for your mom, your compassionate, loving spirit. Look at verse 20. Backing up just a bit, she stretcheth out her hand to the poor. She reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not waiting to bump in to someone who might need some help. 
What does the Bible say? The Bible says clearly that she is stretching out. She is reaching forth. She is looking. She's opportunistic. That mom in Proverbs 31 is opportunistic about those that need. She doesn't turn her head and walk the other way. She stops like my dad did too. Every time there was a car stopped beside the road, we knew that we were going to be late to something because dad was going to stop. And mom was the same way. She, not for the cars on the side of the road, but mom would stop to help needy people in the church. It is true, ladies, that you have a radar, God-given radar for needs around you. Often it is my wife that will say, did you know that so-and-so needs this? I'm so thankful for your ministry, ladies, to us. We can be blind to the needs around us. But I'm thankful for the compassionate spirit that you have that often raises a red flag when someone needs something uh, it was certainly in the Bible, a group of ladies that were the last at the cross, first at the tomb. It was a mom that packed a lunch that fed the 5,000. It was a tearful mom, a want-to-be mom, who cried out for a baby at the temple, Hannah, and then dedicated him later and brought him clothing when he needed it at the temple. It was bold Abigail who advocated for her, really her wicked husband. Don't kill him, David. Compassion, it's usually moms and ladies who first recognize the needs of others in the church and act upon, she stretches forth her hand. Compassion is your pain felt in my heart. She is reaching out to the needy. Thank you, moms. We see Jesus and how far you reach to help others. Why do children, why do children who skin their knees run past their fathers to their mother's embrace? You ever thought about that? I remember as a young dad, a bicycle accident, and they happen. Here comes the kid with a skinned elbow and the skinned knees, and he or she runs past me to my wife. Why is that? Because... When that child gets to me, you know what I'm going to tell him? Son, that was, a, that was a bad accident. You're bleeding all over, but get back on that horse. You ain't going to learn unless you get back on that horse and ride it. Mom gives that child a big old hug, right? She knows how to get the kid back on the horse faster than me. And then she kisses that bloody elbow or the bloody knee, maybe after the Band-Aid goes on it. And that kid wobbles his way back into usefulness and comes walking past me and back to the bicycle and doesn't even look at me anymore. <laughs> but mom's the one. Compassionate heart. Thanks for that spirit. Number six, we owe you for your wisdom. We see it. We're about to the end here, but we owe you for your wisdom. Your price is far above rubies, and we don't tell you enough how much. You mean to us, we're too busy making a living, doing great stuff? Huh. But in your mouth are the wise words that are often carried much farther than the words spoken from a pulpit. You, in the quietness of your homes, in the 
most opportune moments of life after the breakup, perhaps after a deep disappointment at school, or the kid that doesn't make the volleyball team or whatever, after the great disappointment of failure to do whatever, you're there. And your words of wisdom bring again that breath of encouragement in our soul that causes us to understand that failure need not be final. Mom, you're the one that has the words of wisdom often laced with a verse of Scripture. And you're there to encourage us. She openeth, verse 26, her mouth with wisdom and discernment. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. We owe you a great debt of praise for your kindness. In your tongue is not only wisdom, but great kindness. You know, it's interesting, the Bible uses a phrase there. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. What does that mean? The law of kindness. You would think, well, she opens her mouth and says some words of kindness, but here it says she openeth her mouth with the law of kindness. In other words, a law <clears throat> is binding. A law is a rule. A law is a guideline of life. And so your mode of life, mom, your mode of life has been really transcended by this rule that drives everything you do. And that's the kindness, the love of others. A law is a rule, a way of life, a prescription for living. And that's how you have lived your life with wisdom and loving others with a sense of kindness. Mom would draw us together as fighting brothers and say, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Boys, I, that was the verse I remember from my childhood. It is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. We know that God could wipe us out in an instant. But it is the kindness of God that draws us to Himself, a God that could send us all to hell immediately because of all the sin of our lives, has decided instead to send us His Son. And in Mom's characteristics of kindness, we see that grace of God reflected. And, and my mother would make us come together in the middle of the ring and say those words, quote that verse, to be kind. We have just had this big blow up between brothers and she would bring us to the center of the ring and said, boys, face off. Quote Ephesians 4.32, now, right now, say it, be kind, be kind one to another. Now, she says, I want you to hug each other. Boy, we would kind of, you know, do that forced hug thing. And then we'd saunter off into our corners, but we would remember the truth of Ephesians 4. Be ye kind. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. In her heart, in her tongue is the law of kindness. So while others may try to be kind occasionally, mom is kind all the time as a mode, a law of living. I love the story about a boy who was traveling alone. Traveling alone in the southwest of the United States, he was an Indian boy 
part of one of the Indian nations. It was so cold outside when the Greyhound bus came by his stop. He got on the bus and immediately fell asleep. He was on a seat beside a grandmotherly woman. He missed his stop because he was sleeping and he woke up and realized it and asked the bus driver to stop to pull over so that he could at least get off in the winter time and walk back to his perhaps the stop that he missed to his family and the bus driver said oh no you would freeze to death son what you're going to have to do is go to the next stop 50 miles from here get the next bus coming back and go back let this be a lesson to you boy he said well the boy's shoulders slumped as he returned to sit by the older woman and he began to cry a bit and the old woman looked at him and and said, are, are you afraid? He said, yes, I am. He admitted with a nod, and so she said, stay with me. The lady said, I'll, I'll help you get on the right bus at the next stop. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and pay for your ticket so that you'll get back okay. Is that all right? The boy nodded again, and, and she said, everything, everything will be okay. There's something about a mom that can say that with confidence. Everything is going to be okay. Well, there's nothing but silence for the next few minutes as they traveled on down that road in that winter night, on that winter night. And finally, the boy's hand tapped the woman on the shoulder. And she turned and she heard a quiet voice from the boy. And he asked her this, Lady... Are you a Christian? <laughs> Moms, we are confident of this thing. When we see in you the characteristics mentioned here, we are confident of this thing, that you are truly Christian people, that you're truly filled with the Spirit of God when you reflect these wonderful characteristics. So on this day, a day that... Is dedicated to the memory and the joy of motherhood. We want to say thank you so much for being mom. We rise and call you blessed. We're thankful for you today. Let's bow together, shall we, in a word of prayer. Father, how grateful we are for the godly uh, examples around us in our mothers, and we do pray that you would help us to be. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in each week for new messages from Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you.